0: As far as the world is aware, the Guild is led by the Magister. They are, in turn, led by the Minerva Council. Councilors ensure that the Magister remains informed about any matters relevant to the Guild's interests. Unbeknownst to the rest of the world, including most members of the Guild, the Minerva Council is the true power behind the organization. Welcome to Soul Story. My name is
1: Falcon, and I'll be playing Wheezy White. I'm Miriam,
0: playing Aurora Aurora. I'm Mike Lane, and I'll be playing Neil Yolini. And I'm your lady of podcasting, Alex. But today, you can call me Fate Master. Morning-ish, we'll say. Morning to one person, afternoon to another. We haven't quite kissed noon. The sun has definitely risen. And the camera, at least on the outside, we see this beautiful hotel. Mm -hmm. It's still kind of done in a western style. It is a relatively newly constructed building. It doesn't stand out against the middle of downtown, but it's certainly tall, uh, rather than a short squat home. You... Miss Wheezy White, own the penthouse suite. That's right. You live on the top floor. There's a beautiful wrought iron balcony. That's actually probably what happens. The camera, you see the, the hotel and then it it's just pans outward to this wrought iron with ivy crawling around it. And it pushes open French doors. It's like a little breeze happening. And it is this very spacious apartment for one person. We move to a bedroom and we see a four post bed with white sheets, even though it is early July. It's a little sticky. set about this apartment? This little penthouse suite? Nice and cool as you've kept the blinds down. Not the first. Not the second. This is the third servant to have entered your room to try and wake you. She reaches down to push your shoulder. Miss, Miss White? Miss, Miss White? Mm-hmm. Or would she call you a different name?
1: Um, she would call me... Madame Leblanche, or Mme Leblanche, excuse Men's, me.
0: Uh, um, wow, my brain, my mouth just won't make that sound at all. Mademoiselle Leblanche, okay. Mademoiselle, yes. Fuck. French words. Because uh, now I'm like overthinking it, and it's like, <laughs> how many s's <yeses> are in Mademoiselle? Mad Mademoiselle, well. And she kind of pushes your shoulder. Uh,
1: uh, yeah. mm. you
0: asked us to wake you quite, quite a while ago, and just can you please get up we, we have other things to attend to <sighs> i suppose who is this glorious figure we see in this bed so she
1: sits up and at the moment she's wearing a very nice summery nightgown latest fashion of course um she's got her blonde hair done in red curls Um, but everyone else thinks it's natural because of course, of course course her hair does this. And so she sits up and she tries really hard to be like, she wants everyone to think that little birds come and help her get dressed in the morning, but really it is a very, very put upon servant. (laughs) So she sits up and she rubs the sleep from her
0: eyes (sighs) nearby on a pillow that is hand-stitched from Italy. A little Yorkshire Terrier lifts its head and yawns in unison with you and kind of looks up at you, the servant. So she does the the stretch that...
1: Does the servant have a name?
0: You call her Birdie.
1: Birdie. Birdie, I'll have two four-minute eggs. And, um, four pieces of toast, and
0: Faye will have,
1: um, the same.
0: Um, um yes, of course, but I, 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 am here to remind you as well, though, that you have a brunch with, with, uh, what was his name? Um, Drake Shadewell, and, them, um, oh, there's two others that are supposed to be there. It, at least yesterday you were really excited about it.
1: Mm. Yes, what time was that supposed to be? In
0: 30 minutes.
1: So, everything, all of the cutesy little stuff that she was doing to be like, oh, I'm waking up. Hmm. So sleepy. Everything stops. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden she goes,
0: 30 minutes? We tried waking you up before, Miss. I, I'm, I'm so sorry. It just, you kept telling us to go away. And, well. You didn't want to make you mad, and uh, are you mad?
1: Uh, no, it's,
0: it's fine. Birdie,
1: bring me my tea. Black. Yes. Sir. Four sugar cubes. Um, and uh, bring up someone who can do my hair and get me into my outfit, please. Of course. And she is out of bed. And she is pulling rags from her hair,
0: like... <laughs> Wildly. All right, yeah, of, co- uh, of course. And she turns and starts to, like, lift up her skirts and scurry away. And uh, so, so she definitely goes down, grabs your tea. A team comes up to assist you. <laughs> what do you, what do you present? Like, how, how, how do you look as you head out towards brunch? So, clothes are absolutely
1: the latest fashions from Paris. Everything is immaculate from the perfect little hat on her head to the little to the like updo that she has in her hair to the perfect little French kid boots. Everything is perfect. She is carrying a giant carpet bag and you can just see Faye poking her little head out
0: of it. As you scurry her politely rush at this point to brunch I can let you know, because you are very aware of who these people are. Drake Shadewell is a member of the Minerva Council, as are everyone else who will be at this brunch. It's supposed to be a small party, invitation only. You know his best friend, uh, Belle, will be there. And she's a little cold, but you know, she's a speaker, so you kinda gotta do what you gotta do. And then there's also another noble there, who uh, is the Marquis Claude Philip, And he's actually extended British royalty A little far down the food chain, but, you know, still royalty. Uh, You approach Shadewell's house. You hear violins playing in the backyard. Hmm. His home is a little further away, or at least not not quite part of the suburb district proper. It seems a little quieter around here, not quite as bustly. And his home is small, small to what you'd imagine. But it is a well-kept yard, and also kind of reminds you a little bit of France. Just the um, well-groomed hedges and a little intricate uh, floral patterns that are laid within the garden itself. I assume you followed the violin music? Mm Mm-hmm. And you see this just beautiful garden setting. it's this white, probably iron, but painted, white-painted... Delicate looking picnic table, or not picnic table, um, bistro table. There's four seats, three of them are taken. Drake shaves, of course, in his finest green suit, despite this, you know, summer heat. His shock of red hair is finely groomed, combed back. He has this really big, bushy beard. And he's laughing as his arm's draped over the back of his chair. Meanwhile, Belle is sitting upright as if there's just a ruler down her back and this really royal purple again very dark for the shade of or for this time of year seems somewhat amused but is not vocalizing it as is probably similar she seems certainly more like she's enjoying herself than any other painting you've seen her at and uh, Claude is also sitting there in a whiter more, more typical suit for the weather and seems to be just uproariously laughing at whatever you just missed.
1: Okay. So a little extra note about how she is dressed. Anything that Belle is wearing is the opposite of is like, Wheezy is going to be wearing the exact opposite. It's going to be the most fashionable, but brightest color she can get away with. Um, it is going to be gauzy for the time. Maybe a little scandalous. <laughs> A bit. Showing some wrist, showing some ankle, you know. <gasps> oh, wrist, oh my. So, if I'm following into the yard, following the sound of the violins, I'll sweep in and. Good morning, everyone!
0: Oh! I need a voice for Drake, but here we are! Um, I always kind of imagined him Irish, but I'm not sure if we're gonna do that today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yes, my dear, of course, we've been waiting for you! As you see, the meal has been served. There's still a plate empty waiting for you, but, like, they have clearly eaten. Mm-hmm. Fashion will be late, as always. Please, please, come sit. Thank you. I was actually just about to bring you up. Thank you, my dear. Belle nods, and, and Claude kind of gives a, a wave and a nod.
1: Oh, she sits down and holds her hand out for for Claude to kiss.
0: <laughs> uh, he He does, like, without hesitation, gives it, like, a very polite gentleman's kiss. And uh, which gets a, a soft chuckle from Belle, nothing malicious, just like, oh, of course, nobles. <laughs> As you try to pull away, Drake takes your hand between both of his. I was just thinking how much I desired a reading from you.
1: A reading?
0: Do you think you have it in you? And then you hear Bell. oh, no, not again.
1: Well, it is not often that I display my talents so freely. It, it is a gift, you know, I, I must... I must use it wisely. But for you, I could be persuaded.
0: Oh, my dear. And he gives it what I imagine is like a Gomez to Morticia kind of kiss on the back of the hand and goes just a little bit up your forearm onto the, the nice fabric. Face is clean. You don't have to worry about smearing or anything. As what, what could I possibly do to convince you?
1: Well... Let me just think for a moment, and she snatches her hand away from him. She like dawdles with a spoon in her teacup, puts another lump of sugar in it, and
0: stirs. Claude is like kind of looking nervously between the two, as you have Drake's full attention, completely. He is just enamored waiting for whatever it is that you could be possibly asking for. Yeah, she's
1: obviously waiting for like a compliment of some kind. Oh, she's not going to ask for one, but she's going to stir and she's going to futz with her bag and she's going to like make a show of unfolding her napkin and like whipping it out really big. Maybe she hits Belle in in the arm with it. Like she makes a big deal of waiting for this dude to stroke her ego before she decides she's gonna do this.
0: As you patiently act, Belle has no patience naturally, and she's like, "Oh, come on with it! Let's just let's just get this going. Let's get this part over with." And Drake's like, "Shush, shush! This is my brunch. I invite her, and she is lovely as ever. Just because she's never given you a positive reading." Just speaks more to what your lifestyle's like, Belle. Now. Dear dearest. Does he call you Wheezy?
1: Um, only my very close friends call me Wheezy, and probably people who don't like me very much.
0: And so this is a good time. Um what would what he call you?
1: Um probably probably Heloise because that's her full name. Her full first name.
0: My dear, dearest Heloise, please. It would brighten my day as if you being here hasn't brightened it enough.
1: So as she's stirring her tea with it with the spoon she very delicately takes it out and ding, 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 taps it off and puts it on her napkin or on her saucer takes a sip of tea very slowly, drawing out this moment.
0: <clears throat> Belle squirming. She's being nice, like again, is clearly trying to do her best to be as 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 calm and considerate. She does pull out her little book and start <laughs> reading. <laughs> like if this is the game we're playing, she just is, She has like this nice little travel size something or another. Opens it. She doesn't have her glasses on though, which is a good indicator that she's probably not actually reading. And Claude next to between them reaches out to take another little like cucumber sandwich. And decides to jump in on this. Miss Heloise. Mm -hmm. I just, I've heard great tales of your readings. I know I haven't had the chance to come visit you myself. But if Drake's word has anything, well, we know Drake's a scoundrel. Come on, prove him wrong. So
1: she finishes her her sip and she puts her teacup down and sits up a little straighter and goes, I suppose I can oblige.
0: Drake claps his hands. Ah! I knew it! Thank you! Thank you so much! And you hear Claude kind of giggle and like adjust his own glasses and takes a very polite bite as they get ready for the show. The quartet behind you seems to crescendo with their music. Belle keeps (sighs) reading.
1: Now, it isn't often that I share my gifts with... (laughs) non-believers
0: she does not respond
1: (laughs) she sips her tea again and goes Drake darling what would you like to know
0: I met positively the most handsome man this weekend Mm. what's our future have
1: alright alright and so she makes a great show of finishing her tea once she finishes it she turns the cup over onto the saucer Picks it up and starts to turn it, and is looking very closely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, With,
0: oh! Mm, I see. And, and Claude like puts his palms on the table and is like trying to lift up and to like look over mm-hmm. to see what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. She tilts the cup so he
1: can't. Now, now, now. This man, he had some. Facial hair. He had some. Yes, some facial. She's waiting for him to give her like.
0: He does the, the perfect the perfect thing of like nodding along.
1: Mm mm-hmm. Some facial hair. Um, um. Um. A must. A mustache. A mustachioed <laughs> man. Yes. Mm hmm. I can see. I can see that you have met a
0: tall? He shakes his head no.
1: (laughs) Tall seeming, but shorter. Kinda not. Mustachioed, mustachioed man that was wearing clothing. Well, not much of it. (laughs) (gasps) Mm, Yes. It is summer, you see.
0: Yes. And again, Belle kind of scoffs and looks up over at her friend and looks over at you. I can't believe you're encouraging him. (laughs) And Claude looks between the two of them. He's new to these shenanigans. Drake invites you over every now and again, but Claude is fairly new to these. (laughs) So she keeps
1: turning the cup and she sets it down (sighs) and she clutches her breasts I'm afraid, Drake darling, that, um, I see doom in this cup. <gasps> doom? Doom. Uh- Some great malady is going to befall someone at this table because of your meeting this man. This mustachioed, shortish, but not tall man.
0: In unison, Bell and Drake reach out to Claude. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks between
1: them like, wait. <laughs> yeah, at that bell, or um what's my name? Wheezy. <laughs> Wheezy, Wheezy looks at uh, Claude and goes, my dear Claude. <gasps> and she doesn't say anything. She
0: just makes that noise. What's gonna happen? And Bella kind of leans over and like looks at him. Well, something atrocious has happened. Look at what you're wearing. And Drake at that point leans back, howling in laughter. Really you should talk to my father. We can set you up with a far better garb. What are, are you supposed to be royalty? I I have a marquee and they kinda of start chittering amongst themselves. So she's is I think she's officially like, since
1: they've changed the subject, she tilts the cup back up and pours herself some more tea. And is very satisfied. <laughs> Do you have anything of boozy variety? Do I? Mm-hmm. Like, on my person?
0: I it just us the brunch, you know? It's, uh, it's um, like mimosas. Um, Belle's just drinking champagne. <laughs> oh, uh, if there's champagne, I absolutely want some. Yes, yes. She, yes. she will absolutely partake. <laughs> um, so how much, how much champagne? It's seemingly never endless here. There is a butler who comes by and seems to be topping off. She is a young heiress. She is going to be drinking as much as possible wonderful. You get nice and mellow. Your cheeks get a little red. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little giggly. <laughs> and, you know, as the champagne keeps pouring too, Belle seems to get a little oh, we can say nicer. Her version of nice. She's least making eye contact with you and seeming to acknowledge that you're there. And most of the rest of this time passes until let's say it's probably Drake again, who brings it up. And honestly, I just can't believe they're having a meeting this last minute. A meeting? Oh, yes, yes, dear, of course. Uh, you got the invite, I'm sure. They sent it out. The, and he kind of looks around, because <laughs> he's really good at keeping secrets.
1: Member of the council. Yes, yes, of course. I yes, I got the invitation. Did I
0: actually get the invitation? You did not. Mm, mm. Well, yes, of course I did. Bell kind of like sweeps him off. You despise attending those meetings, Drake. You enjoy the name. You enjoy the privilege. But what work do you actually do? What's the harm? And they kind of go back to equipping a little bit.
1: <clears throat> um, does the other guy at the table, Claude, know what they're talking about? Like
0: He's, a, he's um, one of your fellow nobles. He's a part of your circle. And, you know, if, if you weren't hanging out with Drake, you'd probably be hanging out with some, some soiree with Claude and the other nobles. Honestly, as you think about it, you did oversleep. You didn't really have much time to check in with servants about anything. They did try to wake you up a few times. Mm-hmm. There's probably a waiting for you at home. So you're a little fuzzy. And you're having a good time. The sun's starting to really kind of hit its peak. It's starting to be real true a blue afternoon. The rest of the people here seem content to drink away their afternoon. And then you have this feeling in the back of your brain there's a client waiting for you you were taking jobs today you made an appointment Oops. <laughs> would you like to return home
1: so yes so she is going to uh, sit up once she remembers because she's obviously been like playing with her dog and talking and as soon as she remembers, she sits up straight and. Oh! Well, this has been so lovely. Thank you for such a wonderful morning and afternoon, my dear Drake. I suppose I'll see you
0: later today, but I have other things to attend to. Of course, my dear Heloise. And he takes her hand and gives it a nice, again, gentle kiss. And then, for shits and giggles, does the, the rest of the arm before releasing it. <laughs> <laughs> <They're rich. laughs>
1: you scamp.
0: Belle... kinda of looks up at you and gives a nod of recognition that you're leaving. And she is gonna she's gonna put Faye in her little
1: bag. Come on, little one. Pick her up and flounce on out of
0: there. It is a, you know, fairly active day in Malifo. People are going about their business some cars are driving through, some wagons are going through it's, it's, it's getting kind of loud as you return home as you do, you stop by the front desk there are a stack of, of notes to you, some of it's fan mail from Earthside there's, the, there's definitely a letter for you it, it's folded, it has a wax seal with a wilted rose if you'd opened it it'd be the same news that you heard from the party that there's going to be a meeting this evening addressed to you so, some fan mail and a and the formal invitation. And as you approach your home, there is an urchin hanging out outside your apartment. She is wearing a male shirt. The sleeves are ripped off. She's wearing dark trousers. this I mean, you, you, you kind of help whoever's gonna pay you, right? Right. And, you know, you never know what kind of information you can get from anybody there is a little bit of judgment as you look at her hair. This bright red mane chopped in places, clearly cut in her own way. Freckles spot her nose and her shoulder and she offers you a toothy grin. Mademoiselle LeBlanc, it's so good to see you! I'm so glad you took my appointment. I have so many questions. There's some dirt on her face. Hmm. I'm, um... Glad you're here. Miss. Oh, don't worry about the miss. I'm Brecca. Brecca Hayes.
1: Oh, god damn it. Miss <laughs> <clears throat> Hayes. Um, If you'll give me one moment. You betcha. And you, um. You've brought payment, I assume? Oh, yeah, I got tons. Alright. So she's gonna sweep in. Is there a ma- is there a bell she can ring for a maid?
0: Oh yeah. Whatever whatever system you have in place will be definitely be there.
1: Okay, so she's gonna ring the bell for the maid. Now bear in mind that Wheezy is new money. Good. <laughs> so Wheezy understands like the game. The struggle because she was poor before. So she and she is very protective of the things she has. So she rings the bell, waits for the maid, kind of freshens up a little bit, kind of starts to get her little setup ready. Does she have like, I would assume she has like a separate room than where she sleeps to receive clients.
0: Let me go ahead and get a nice description. So when you first enter this like proper enter, not just our our fancy zoom in beginning, there is like a Mm -hmm. nice sitting area. There's a kitchenette. Although Mm -hmm. honestly, you probably are getting your food from the kitchen down below. But, but yeah. and there's like a nice lounge area. You know, if there's an instrument you wanted in there as well, you could. It's very well decorated. Towards the back is the room that probably, it's not the French doors, but um, definitely doors that divide out and you can kind of see through them unless you have the curtains down. And uh, we'll say next to that is going to be an office. It's smaller. And, you know, it's maybe more that you made them build a wall to shorten out the, the parlor area.
1: Okay. Excellent. So, as soon as the maid gets there, Bertie, uh, uh, Yes, ma'am. Um, please secure my quarters. Uh, remove any of the finer looking things from the office, please. And bring me my mm, fifth best crystal ball.
0: Uh, uh, of course, ma'am. Um, is, is that the one that's a little purple, or is that the small one? The smallest one. Oh,
1: oh thank you. Thank you so much.
0: And she kind of a little curtsy. And as... Oh, and birdie. Uh, uh, yes, ma'am?
1: <sighs> some tea and maybe some... Whatever. Whatever they have to eat downstairs. This one looks hungry.
0: Black four sugar cubes?
1: Yes. And off she goes doo, doo, doo. Um, so she puts Faye in like Faye's little little bed cause she's got like of course this very opulent bed that she sits in in the office and she sits down and waits for for Birdie to bring all her stuff and once that happens she um, <clears throat> tells Birdie to escort Brecka in
0: I think uh, what's the word for it charcuterie? charcuterie board? Yes.
1: That's, that's Meats her. and cheeses. Yep,
0: that, that's what she brings up for you. Brekka had been waiting outside, rocking heel to toe, heel to toe, whistling, ever the image of innocence, surely. And escorts in, looks around, wide-eyed at your beautiful apartment, and turns that grin to you. Mighty fine place you have here. Thank you. Oh, is that a crystal ball? hmm She reaches out for it.
1: Wheezy takes it and moves it out of her reach.
0: Now, now.
1: Only a reader like myself should touch my instruments.
0: Oh yeah, I hear it all the time. Don't worry about it. And she plops on down and for like a second she puts her foot up on top of the table and looks at you and slowly takes it down.
1: (laughs) Yeah. As soon as she puts her foot up Weezy raises one
0: eyebrow. She's channeling her best bell, if you will. While this may not be your usual rich clientele, you definitely know the worth of someone who lives on the streets. When you're trying to gather gossip, sometimes you gotta get a little dirty. Urchins have information. While you have not seen this urchin around before, it's not that you really have a name for him or for her in particular, but who knows what she may have brought. So, since she can't lounge that way, she immediately puts her elbows on the table and her chin in her hands. Alright, so, like, what's gonna happen? How's this work? Well... How long have you had this gift? How'd you discover it? If you've quite finished. I'm sure I could think of more. Give me time. <laughs> well,
1: first I was hoping to offer you some refreshment, and she kind of gestures to the tea and, and plate of victuals that are sitting on the table. Oh! Please take some if you like.
0: It's mighty kind of you, thank you. And she kinda looks at the tea and sniffs it, suspicious. And leaves it, but then starts you know, looks at the little tiny pickles. And kinda starts kicking them around like her legs. A little distracted now.
1: <clears throat> now what brings you here? Oh Miss Hayes. Oh,
0: oh yeah, um so and she puts the pickles back down on the plate. The shared plate. <laughs> Gross. So, um, you can keep a secret, right? Of course I can. Well, you see, I got a big, big tip but there's going to be a huge soul stone delivery side. And you see, I'm going to rob it. How's that going to go for me? So you're going to be robbing soul stones? Uh-huh. You. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I know I don't look like a lot, but I'm actually really good at thieving. Mm-hmm. And, like stealing, and picking pockets, and breaking into places I shouldn't be in, and being forgotten, and like, she just kind of keeps listing these skullduggery skills of hers. <laughs> There's no threat <laughs> there, it's just, and it's not quite braggy, it's just her kind of stating facts.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: See, right away,
1: Wheezy wonders what she has taken <laughs> from this room. <laughs> Nothing yet. <laughs>
0: Is that a dog? Yes, that's (gasps) Faye. Faye! Oh, that's a nice name. She gets off the table and squats down and reaches a hand out. Faye growls. Oh. That's okay. We'll be friends (laughs) later. You'll see. There's meat on this table. You like meat, I bet. And hops back onto their seat.
1: Okay. Well, Miss Hayes. Uh Uh-huh. That's me. Allow me to
0: consult.
1: Now, if you could, place both of your hands on
0: the table, palm, palms up. Okay. And if you look at her hands, there's a series of scars. <laughs> kind of all over. Nothing too deep. But again, if Kaisa wasn't aware, she's clearly no fraud.
1: Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And uh, close your eyes, please.
0: Uh-huh. And really, like, eyebrows high, b- managed to keep her big eyes somehow bigger by closing her eyes.
1: <clears throat> all right. And so... She's going to kind of place her hands on the table, too. And she's going to reach out her leg and kind of stretch her feet around. <sighs> now is the time when we ask the spirits how your little um, endeavor is going to go.
0: You can call it a heist. It's definitely a heist.
1: Of course. She sits very straight, and says, Spirits, I ask you for this person. What is the outcome of this heist?
0: As you give the big speech, her hand turns over and reaches for one of the pickles. (laughs) And if it goes unbarred, she's just gonna (laughs) pop it in her mouth and put her hand back like nothing happened.
1: So, as we're waiting and it gets very, very quiet all of a sudden you hear two very loud
0: knocks. Oh, shit!
1: The spirits have spoken.
0: Uh Uh-huh. I didn't hear it. They speak through knocks. That's weird.
1: Well, they only speak to me, dear. They don't speak to the um, uninitiated. So, as I have said, the spirits have told me how your little heist is going to go. It's going to go great. I think you should do it.
0: Her eyes pop open. Oh, yeah, really? Really?
1: Mm. Oh, you'll be very successful
0: well that means if I'm successful I know who I'm asking then so that's awesome, thank you and if you take a moment to wrap this up (laughs) uh, you look down to your crystal ball and instead of seeing her face in the reflection it's marred smeared almost like someone had taken a paintbrush into a puddle of paint and just swirled it around where she actually doesn't have a face, Crystal Ball. But you look back up at her, bright eyed, bushy tailed, ambitious can be.
1: So she's gonna kind of look at the ball, look at. look at Brecca, and look at the ball again and go, mm. yes, of course. Um, now, uh. now for payment, Miss Hayes.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, Harry, hang on a second. And she starts putting herself down and taking out. Wallets from, like, it's just, it seems weird, that, like, the places she had them. And just piles <laughs> come out. Um, and she's, some of them she, like, rattles and puts it back into a pocket, into a pouch, into some hidden place on her person. And she settles on two in a small velvet blue bag wrapped with a gold cord. Do I recognize those? Mm, I mean, probably not. They're wallets. The bag, though. Okay. That's interesting. You're a good girl, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And you've never, ever dabbled with magic. Not even a little bit. Of course not. <laughs> but you've seen a bag full of silverstone dust before. Oh, shit! I think this should do it. Um, there was more, but I used it. So, like, here's that. And um, this one is Canadian. And this one, I think is is British. I think I don't know, but there's money. <laughs> hmm. Tell me. Uh huh.
1: Brecca. Uh huh. That's me. Where did um? Where did you come across this bag?
0: I told you I'm really good at what I do. And she turns her palms upside down so that gets the press against the table and pushes herself up. I really appreciate the boost of confidence. I was worried that uh, by not having a team, something bad would happen. But I think this is actually going to go really well now. Not that you saw the future.
1: Mm.
0: I mean what's the worst that could happen right
1: of course now feel free to um, take some of the food for the road
0: as you say that I think she's already in the process of just picking mm-hmm. up these chunks of salami <laughs> and like the crackers and kind of like making she's a she's putting them in her pockets <laughs> isn't she <laughs> <sighs> just already like, just, yeah, like looking at you kind of surprised like oh was I not supposed thanks for the food in the future I hope you do good and stuff at reading more futures. I-, I gotta go talk to Jerry now. Okay, bye! She says, as if you have any fucking context. And she turns on her heel and looks back at the dog and fishes out one of those pieces of meat from her pocket and, like, throws it to Faye. And then scurries on out.
1: <laughs> so, the instant she leaves,
0: <laughs>
1: Wheezy goes,
0: Birdie? <laughs> I, I, yeah, yes, I'm
1: have the bouncer frisk that young woman before she leaves.
0: Uh, okay. Bring
1: back whatever she stole.
0: Uh, uh yeah, yes, um, sounds good. Uh, while, while I do that, um, two, two more of your appointments have arrived. I, you usually don't take this many, but it must have been a good day. Okay, I'll go have that checked out. And she dips out. She's right. This is a lot of clients. This is a lot of work for you. <sighs> Maybe you double booked. You also know, uh, your main squeeze, Jin. Who runs the Bronze Lotus is expecting you this afternoon.
1: So, as she leaves, as she's running away, she goes, Bertie, yes, see if you can reschedule my appointments.
0: Uh, uh, Of of course, ma'am. And this is a procedure she's familiar with. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, she darts off to go take care of the things she said. We'll say, I'm not sure if you'll have time of gnosis the rest of the day. But later in the day, there will be a small delivery of, uh, the only thing that was on her person besides food was a tassel, um, from the dog bed. (laughs) So are you gonna go see- go see Jin? Yes, I am going to go see Jin. Jin runs the Bronze Lotus, which is an auction house in the area, and there's a rumor out there that he has a sister that also helps run the business, although you've never seen her. But the rumor is she's gorgeous as can be- her brother's just as handsome, and uh, they seem to operate different versions of different parts of the house where she is about collecting pieces. He's really good at selling pieces. He's been in the area like six months now. How long have you two been talking? Mm,
1: I would say four months.
0: He keeps to himself. like He doesn't try to and, and, like, interrupt your business. He invites you over every now and again, but he keeps it pretty casual. Uh, as you as you show up, though, he is yelling at one of the employees. Who actually is a rather large dude. Wearing nice clothes. The both of them are, but of course, Shin is wearing a suit. Very American. Uh, but you can tell what they're shouting about is, is something along the lines of, You weren't supposed to sell that. That was for me to sell, not for you. Get me that bone back. Another guy kind of grunts. And it's like... I'm sorry. It was there. It was a part of the sale pile. I was just doing my job. Get me that what back? Bone. Hmm.
1: So I think when Wheezy comes in, um, she is going to just kind of wait patiently, but also in some sort of way <clears throat> conspicuously. So Jin notices her standing there, but she is trying very hard to <laughs> mind her own business.
0: She notices there's some like items moving, going, at this point in afternoon, um, it seems to be a little bit more active, there's more people around kind of looking at items, paintings, statues, weapons, antiques, a little bit of everything comes to this house. And once he's done thoroughly scolding his help, he turns to you. He looks weary, tired, not like nights of of, of restless sleep, just uh, been a long day. Mm. And he opens out his arms to like welcome you into a hug. Aren't you a sight for sore eyes? Beauty is pain,
1: my dear Jin.
0: And he does a, a again, informal, but maybe just a lingering too long kiss on either cheek.
1: And so she grabs both of his hands. And, you know, just the very, very sweeping... She thinks she's a heroine <laughs> in a book. Now, my dear friend, tell me all about your day. You look absolutely exhausted.
0: Of course. How about we and he looks over behind his shoulder to his office into you. Talk somewhere more private. She does like a little she shrugs your shoulders and <laughs> as maybe mentioned in another episode um, we're not good details we're not that kind of podcast <laughs> uh, anymore <laughs> but you know there might be some smooching happening behind closed doors at least enough to distract you from the question that you asked once y'all come to resurface. Although there's something to say that maybe he just doesn't have the vigor that he usually does. He's certainly happy to see you. (laughs) weary. He rolls, or like unrolls his sleeves, we'll say that, unrolls his sleeves. And kind of tries to fix his hair, reaches over to tuck a hair behind your ear. Now, the reason I called you here today, I think you're going to be quite excited. I found you something.
1: (sighs) You get the best presents
0: tucked away in in a chest in the room he opens it there's a few goodies and he picks up a porcelain doll that has dark curly hair Uh, it is in a, a very like ruby red frilly dress black shoes beautiful eyes beautiful painted face and he extends it out to you I have found a haunted doll (laughs) <laughs> she's beautiful <laughs> she doesn't take it <laughs> now I, I know your gifts can be rather sensitive I found this as it seems to be an effective conduit for other mediums I'm told that while the spirit can be a tad aggressive she's very wise has offered many well, useful advice
1: hmm I can probably manage any spirit that comes by, <sighs> and so she reaches out and takes it with like her. Very hesitantly, takes it around the. It does it come in a box? No, just a free free doll. Oh, hmm. okay. So she takes it around the waist and holds it like next to her person. Be be gentle with that, and smiles and smi- and so she puts her hand like underneath. So she's supporting, like, she's holding it by the waist while also supporting its legs. And now she has no idea
0: what to do with it. I sup- I could just put that on your tab, right? <clears throat> tab? Every now and again, I know you get something from from the auction house, or at least your father does. Oh, yes, yes, put it on father's tab. That's wonderful. Thank you. Well, I, I just stumbled upon this, so you'll have to let me know if it actually helps you or not.
1: Of course, dear. You know I'd tell you anything.
0: (laughs) Uh, Rich people laugh. That seems to be the only thing he really has to share with you as far as pertinent information. He is happy to kind of just talk small talk with you. fixes his desk up a little bit. Mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) But but otherwise, uh, that seems like, he's kind of a busy guy. You know that. It's not that he's a wham-bam thank you Mm -hmm. ma'am kind of guy, but um, very business first.
1: Exactly. I mean, she's not. She's got a couple other, couple other <laughs> buddies hanging out. She knows. She knows what's up.
0: <clears throat> well, my dear, you're so busy. I. I am. Thank you. Yes. Um, I have to figure out what to do about this bone I got sold. It's a whole fiasco. But we should be able to uh, recover it.
1: A bone? Uh,
0: y- yes. Another <laughs> client of ours has, has been piecing together some interesting artifacts recently and well it's it's, it's it kind of looks around might belong to a neverborn <gasps> a neverborn how spooky not nearly as spooky as that doll dear
1: <laughs> yes
0: she looks at it again
1: <laughs> it's kind of a shitty gift
0: for my boyfriend it's stupid <laughs> nothing says love like haunted objects (laughs) Um, he leans over and gives gives you a kiss on the cheek we should do dinner soon yes let's alright, tut tut. on on with you, kind of escorts you out of his office
1: you just tell Bertie whenever you want whenever you want to have dinner and she'll
0: put it in my schedule of course, Bertie is very kind, I hope hope you treat her well she's paid very well <laughs> alright let's see what other things did you have booked up that was, that was your afternoon that was one of the things okay. but you're not done yet A there's that meeting to go to right
1: yeah I also have to get rid of this doll at some point I should probably like go put it back because she's not carrying that thing everywhere
0: well I could say that the next appointment you're very much aware of is that you also scheduled for your portrait to be painted today it's back mm. at your home Excellent. So, so, you know, you've kind of been going back and forth, but you're you're a busy, busy lady. Right? Can't stay in one place too long. Uh, The, do you take the doll with you home or do you ditch it somewhere else? Oh, I take it home with me. Where do you put it? But,
1: as soon as she gets home, like, she's gonna go into her office and she's gonna kind of, like, set it on the table and look at it. Kind of, like, rub her hands on her dress because she was holding it. (sighs) An aggressive haunted doll. Oh, I've gotten worse gifts from suitors. And so she's going to find a box of some kind. Like a nice box. Not like... She's not cheap. She ain't cheap.
0: Not like a cardboard box we use for the third time.
1: <sighs> uh, no. <laughs> she's going to find like a jewelry box that she doesn't like very much. And she's going to put the doll in it. And then she's going to put it like in a cupboard on the on the sh- on the shelf of a cupboard like all the way in the back. So the next time that Eugene comes over, she can take it out and be like, mm,
0: "Look. It's your present." How many presents are buried like that in that closet? At least 15. Okay, all right. <laughs> bar. I did not have much planned in the way of this this painting prior to this portrait. He hasn't arrived yet. His name is Brahm. He is a prodigy from Denmark. Hmm. You needed to decide what you're gonna wear, though. This is gonna be your portrait for like the next five to ten years. What? What do you wear?
1: Hmm. Well, I think she's going to go with an evening gown. Okay. Something that is the height of fashion. Corset cinched as tight as it'll go. She's got one of those pert tiny little waists. Um, she's very small. Um, I think she's like 5'3 oh, or 5'4. four. she's a small girl. She's a teen. She's a small. Small bean. <laughs> and of course she has her hair redone in like a, a more evening appropriate way. She's got curls that are falling down one shoulder like like the the big curls Ooh. like you just took them out of a curling iron and she's got a huge just huge cameo sitting right here um, like a like a off the shoulders sort of deal you can see like the barest hint of cleavage just loves that. tasteful tasteful cleavage um, and it is a lovely shade of lavender with matching uh, lavender lace
0: gloves and kid boots. Bertie and her team work effortlessly to do this. By the time it's completed, look in the mirror. You don't like it. Pick another outfit. Ugh.
1: Lavender in summer. Who picked this? Uh, you y- you did, ma'am. So instead, she fetches a similar dress, less cleavage, um, huge puffy sleeves, but it's in a baby blue, and it's got um, darker blue pinstripes. Same hairstyle? Yes, same hairstyle. The curls are on the other side. And now she just has a pale blue ribbon around her neck.
0: Again, your team. They are professionals. They've helped you before, they'll help you again, they're quick, they're it's painless. It painless. Take some time. You look in the mirror. Nope, this won't do either. Pick another outfit.
1: No. Ugh. Lou is terrible for blondes. Who picked this? Again? So, next outfit. Clothes are everywhere now. There are dresses and petticoats and ribbons and jewelry all over the place next dress that comes out is one that she bought without her dad knowing like usually he he approves some of her clothes um it is bright red um it is very daring lots more cleavage this time and she is wearing a very ostentatious red ruby teardrop necklace with matching ruby earrings and this time the curls have been separated so they're on both sides
0: Beautiful. This is it. This is the garb.
1: Now, and Faye has a matching ruby collar.
0: Of course she does.
1: And a little, you know, the like little dog
0: ponytails, like the poodle <laughs> sprout. Your team is thankful that you found the right thing. And they, without a word, immediately start picking up your dresses, the jewelry, putting it back in its place. Brahm has been made to wait at least for the last 15 minutes. Birdie escorts him in. And he is a young man. Can't be more than 13, 14. Oh. <laughs> very young boy. Uh, but he has someone else carrying around the, the, a very large canvas. He's carrying all his like paints and such. And you know, he's, he's pretty charming for this kid. Just, just as cute as a button, innocent still. Well, One of his eyes has this milky layer over top of it though. And he gives a kind of a shy smile and kind of just waves. He just waves for you to sit down wherever you're gonna sit. What's this what's this picture gonna look like?
1: So I would assume that it's going to be a sitting portrait. She probably will have just kind of her arm her her hands out before her. As though she is about to take a reading. So should they be sitting this way? Um, and uh, Faye will have like a big poof like a big poofy cushion that she is sitting in right next to, right next to her. How long have you had Faye? Faye is um,
0: ancient. Okay. Uh, he, he's not going to finish her painting in one evening. Clearly with all the other things you have to attend to. Mm-hmm. Particularly because yeah, you're a little thirsty again. The rose... Is is gonna be open. Soon. Actually, probably opens while your portrait started. And he, he sets to, ta- to task and paints efficiently. The person who came with him waits outside the room. Doesn't stay with you all. And just as you're about to get a little restless, a little twitchy, and kinda of sick of your mm-hmm. arms being held up for that long, mm-hmm. you just hear him ask very softly, Can you really talk to
1: spirits? so she looks at this young man
0: of course he nods I don't believe you and he pops his head back around the canvas and continues to paint well
1: I think we're done here
0: I'm not finished
1: I think we're done I'm finished
0: okay and he kind of like looks around and wanders over to the door to poke his head out I need you to grab the canvas. And the guy's like, yeah, already? Yeah, he's impatient. Kind of talk back and forth a little bit. He doesn't pay you any mind, except the, the painting that's still drying. And walks out with the little boy. Children. Would you like to attend the rose tonight before the meeting? A little social, well, uh, are you socialed out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go, why not? Are you going in your red evening gown? Is that what you're wearing to the meeting? No, what are you gonna wear? Um,
1: she changes into something that is more business appropriate because this is something that her dad wants her to go to, so she has to be a little more appropriate. Black dress, buttoned up. <clears throat> so, and then she's got you know her boots and her carpet bag and a hat because of what lady doesn't wear a hat? To. She changes her ribbon on her neck. Changes, one in, changes the one in her hair changes phase uh, collar so it matches all of the important things
0: Bertie, let's see uh, um, um, is it okay if we retire for the evening? Will you need anything when you return? <sighs> I don't think so, Bertie.
1: you can go ahead and retire for the evening and Bertie,
0: uh, yes ma'am? good job today oh, th- thank you um, I certainly try. Oh, what time do you want to be woken up tomorrow? When is my first appointment? Oh, um... And she kind of looks around. She wrote the note somewhere. She's your... She's she's a servant of the hotel. Not necessarily always the greatest personal assistant to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 um, I try to make sure that they don't come before noon, ma'am. Let's say... Nine. We will try it for nine. <laughs> <laughs> and like trying not to giggle about that scurries on real quick out. <laughs> <laughs> the rose is, is yeah, you know uh, fairly quiet. There wasn't really meant to be entertainment that evening. You are informed pretty quickly that uh, usually there's private rooms available, but they are booked up. So if you wish to participate or wish to hang out there this evening, there's a private booth. There's a few of those around on the ground floor. And again, worth mentioning, I know we've described the Rose, I think I'll be the Rose three times, but if this is the first episode you're listening to. The Rose is this, it's the, ro- the full name is the Rose Salon. And it has bistro tables and fe- little seating. There's this beautiful stage. There's actually a harp set up usually. Um, and there's just this kind of overwhelming maroon and gold floral, patterns heavy and the curtains and the fabric and any kind that can be decoration there is usually some sort of floral note to it
1: i think that she is going to ask for a private booth um so with the private booths can she be seen in those like can people see her sitting in them
0: if you wish I'm not sure if uh, people remember Johnny Carino's. This is just a very American, very Montana thing. Mm-hmm. But like they had those booths that had the heavy curtains that could be drawn or pulled back. Okay. And and so it's like that.
1: Okay, I know exactly what you're talking about. So <laughs> um, she is going to pick a private booth, but she is going to have the curtains wide open so people can see that she is sitting there, that she is a nice rich lady, and she is doing nice rich lady things. What's your usual drink? something very sugary. So I would say probably a Shirley Temple with alcohol in it.
0: Nice. Yes. So, as soon as you're sat down by one of the waitressing or the waiting staff, Dennis... Yes, it's Dennis there. Dennis makes you a Shirley Temple without anyone asking. The waitress brings it over, presents it to you. You're watching the going-ons. There's people coming and going, coming and leaving and coming some more. Um... (laughs) That's usually. There's some couples. There's a gaggle. I say gaggle. You know, rich ladies hanging out, mm-hmm. seeming to gossip about their husbands. No one takes the stage. Perhaps the most interesting thing you see all evening, though, first you see Belle. And she enters. And she goes to the stairs. And stern as ever, it's as if the early afternoon mellow has clearly worn off, is very frustrated as she's waiting. And then you see. Another person on the council. Part of the, the mages. The mage circle. Her name's Aurora. And she follows in after. Looking a little confused. A little lost. They two present very different styles. Like you and bell. Epitome of western fashion. And Aurora. Very pretty herself. But has. A, was wearing traditional garb. Found in Southeast Asia. They talk quietly. And before climbing up the stairs and disappearing into one of the rooms.
1: Hmm. I want to go see what they're doing.
0: As you move to approach the stairs, Dennis interrupts. He like, kind of holds out, waves you off. Um, miss, miss, sorry, no, no, no one can go upstairs today. No one? Private party. You see, uh, it's already occupied. You weren't on the list, so you're not allowed up there. I'm not on the list it's a book club miss invitation only a book club yep yeah, yep yeah, mm-hmm. don't we get to another Shirley Temple yes please he makes you the drink
1: it's, it's probably not called a Shirley Temple now that I think of it because <laughs> we're in the
0: what Shirley Temple wasn't alive 1903 <laughs> weird
1: there weren't animal crackers in anybody's soup yet <sighs>
0: a a cherry sauce sweet beverage or probably like um, almost like a white wine spritzer probably with some cherry in it.
1: Something like that, yeah. Um, Let's see. Well, if it's a private party and a rich person isn't invited, that just won't do. But it's about books and books are boring. So I think her next course of action is going to be to go sit down at her table. Are there like maids going by.
0: Yeah, like waitresses and stuff.
1: Oh, I hate when people do this.
0: I really hate it. <laughs> oh no, you're the new BB. I'm so sorry for what I'm about to say.
1: <laughs> She's gonna snap her fingers at a maid. Ah!
0: Used to the treatment. Uh, this really plain looking but looks wearing nice a nice little cigarette girl. Get up. Turns and looks over at mm-hmm. you. Uh, hi, yes. How can I help you?
1: Dear. And she crooks her finger to bring her closer she walks closer and she kind of leans over how close is she like pretty close like with- within whispering range
0: yeah she basically wouldn't stop once you
1: wheezy is gonna pull out two script and she's gonna slide it across the table have you any knowledge of this book club that's going on upstairs
0: I know some things what, what do you want to know
1: everything my dear and she's going to she's going to pull out another script and just like set it apart from the other two that she is pushing across the table like there's more where this comes from as long as you want to tell me what you want what I want to know uh,
0: uh, okay so let's see there's only a handful of people up there mostly politicians mm-hmm. and i think they made mention of around the world in 80 days i really think it's just a book club Ugh, how boring Suppose if you have the luxury of reading. Well, yes,
1: that's fine, I suppose. And so she slides the two script across to her, puts the other one back, because she didn't give her any good information. Thank you. You can go
0: now. She takes the money, puts it in, like, her costume. In a very discreet place, I'm sure. And, like, that's really... It's it's a really quiet night. There's no one who's bothering you. There's people who, like, will, like, you know... If there's one you recognize, little waves, but no one seems to really approach you. No one stands out to really be approachable.
1: Okay. Well, I think she's just going to finish her drink and then head over to the meeting or get ready for the meeting or?
0: Perfect time to go to the meeting. It's a little further away. So I imagine you hail a a carriage Mm -hmm. to take you that way. No, I'm not going to (laughs) walk. Yeah, I figured that wasn't fair to you. Riding into the night, you find yourself delving into the housing neighborhood of Malifaux. There is a particular lack of hills in this area, except for one. It happens to be man-made, and although it doesn't tower, it is sufficient in helping the mansion on top of it loom over the other homes. This home doesn't belong to anyone in particular. In fact, no one really inhabits it on the regular, and no one knows who holds the deed. Every now and again you might see people live there, but never for long. It's almost like it serves as a transition house for the wealthy as they wait for the new Malifaux home to be furnished. The lack of inhabitants makes the building the perfect place for the Minerva Council to call home. Unlike the others in the neighborhood, this building displays a neoclassical architecture, almost what you'd expect a Grecian temple to look like. Four white columns stand strong, holding up the small roof above the double-set door. It isn't made entirely of stone, but its angular nature and defined arches make it stand out that much more amongst the Victorian styles surrounding it. Your ride right ascends the gravel driveway that curves up and back down the yard. Such logistics create the perfect drop-off point for guests and the perfect exit point for traffic. The rocks crunch beneath your feet as you step out on the manicured footpath, leading you to the doors ahead. Trapped willow whiffs and opalescent orbs decorate either side of you as you approach, providing a cool contrast to the warm lights along the home's foundation, angled to illuminate the structure. As you look at your wandering peers, you know some people are dressed as if it were a ball, Others are in crisp business attire. It's hard to tell from any given person what event is happening tonight. In fact, the uninformed could assume it was multiple events in one place. You, however, know better. Head held high, you climb the steps to face two uniformed doormen who promptly open the doors for you. It is time to attend the Minerva Council meeting.